Today's podcast is AI in the home, artificial intelligence in the home. Alexa, can you help me? How will you manage connected toys for young children? Toys that are connected to the internet, to online, to to listening. Who is listening to our children and to our families? What about those social emotional values? What about bossy kids? Are we raising a new generation of question asking innovators? Resourceful skill bases? Alexis Kobo is here for part two of Tech and Kids Conversation. Let's find out what amazing tools and opportunities are available in our homes what are the best practices for children using AI in the home, and how might parents navigate a quickly changing tech world that will be personal and accelerated for their families going forward. Alexis, help! (laughs) This started with a conversation on Facebook where um, a toy list of 2019 said, get them a a, a child echo something or other. And you went, stop, stop. We need to talk about AI in the home. So do we want our children to have those devices? Hello, welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Where do we begin? So there's there's lots of things to talk about here. And I think the most important thing is to realize that we are living in a totally different world than we were even 15 years ago. Um, I mean, artificial intelligence has been rapidly changing our lives. And even in the next five years, it's going to continue to change and develop. And we're asking ourselves questions like, self-driving cars are really just right around the corner. And so how does that affect the way we are as a society? How does that affect the way we are as a community? And how does that affect the way we are as parents? And um, some of the things that, you know, we can talk about really in terms of in the home is we're seeing this rise of um, virtual assistants in the home, things like Amazon Alexa and Google Smart Homes. And I think everybody has some type of Apple product like which has Siri on it. And you're seeing more and more. I know my own son sits at the dinner table with his iPad and says, hey, Siri, what's, you know, this coming up um, and talks to these virtual assistants. And so do kids really know what they're talking about or who they're talking to? Well, clearly, I mean, my two-year-olds are saying, you know, Alexa, play Frozen. So there's no doubt they are taking charge of this. Right. So the answer to the do they know and what do you want them to know? Right. Well, they know that they're, they're talking to something, but when you ask the question, and I do this with my third graders when I start talking about um, machine learning and artificial intelligence, I'll hold my phone and say, hey, Siri, what do you want to be for Halloween? And Siri will give like some type of you know remark, and then I'll do it again. Hey, Siri, what do you want to be for Halloween? And there's a different answer. Hey, Siri, what do you want to be for Halloween? You see how this is going. Mm -hmm. And 
I'll say to them, how come we got different answers? And their replies are anything from someone is sitting at Apple typing back what Siri should say to someone is programming what Siri should say to it's a machine that's controlling what Siri is saying. So they have a wide variety of ideas, but they're not really sure exactly what it is. And and neither are the adults. Right. You know, this is, but so. Um, so it's, is it our responsibility to stop a two-year-old and say, hey, there's something called machine learning and the machine is learning how to predict your responses and how to try to give you what it thinks you want. And so it's learning over the course of time that you like Frozen. So it's predicting that maybe you like other Disney things and it's going to make suggestions so based on your predictions. So let me say um, that, I, that my takeaway from that is, again, we're not going to explain that to right. a two-year-old Clearly. yet. However, when I first started teaching, I worked with a very self-aware group of teachers in Massachusetts. And they were very aware of cultural influences of children's choices. And so they made, a de- they made deliberate comments to shape the assumptions we make as children interact in the environment. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say is parents' first takeaway from this podcast is the awareness, and, and, and I'm going to pose this back to you as a question, Siri and Alexa are machines Mm -hmm. and machine learning and a machine conversation. And so you as a teacher in five or ten years are going to explain that's not the same as human interaction and a human response and how we sort. And they're going to need the tools to sort that world. Um, And I know from my own research in AI that children in pre-K prefer playing with Simon the robot who isn't going to steal their bucket and he's going to play more appropriately than a child that's going to hit, bite, push, or be mean or bully. And I also know that grown-ups want the same Roomba back from their repair shop because they've attached, they have an attachment to it. So we have attachments Mm -hmm. to our um, less than human companions. How, what's your basic umbrella, morally, ethically, philosophically, how do you sort that between two and eight in order to sort of prepare children for a world of a different of different kinds of interaction. That's a really heavy question. Um, the first thing I'll say is that although it's a machine, the machines are ultimately created by humans, and so there's implicit bias that happens based on who is programming the machine. Now, in machine learning, the algorithm continues because it's programming itself, right? But if the data that was originally fed to the machine is only given from a certain perspective, then there's going to be bias in the algorithm. And so we have to have these kinds of conversations with the kids about, you know, who likes apples versus who likes oranges. That's like the most simplistic way that we can introduce it in 
you know, an early childhood age and talking about how to analyze data and how then a machine is looking at data very, you know, simplistically in that way. So so I think in one way... Just as we talk about the weather, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, it, I, that did sound like a big question, but I think what I love about being in early childhood is how do I make big ideas mm-hmm. accessible? So what I'm thinking as you say that is my my intuition is that kids are going to have a bias mm-hmm. of their own that says that th- those answers that I get from machine learning are. Are, are 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 omniscient that they know everything mm-hmm. that they are that they can't be wrong and that they don't and so we think of them as all knowing and so what we want to say to children are you know what somebody somebody helped program I don't know how you how we say the words but there is this sense that Alexa knows a lot but she's thinking differently than we think exactly well you know Things like Alexa and Siri, they're not actually that intelligent. There's a lot of limitations to them. And it's fun to be able to show that to kids. Exactly. And so, like, that's where you start with the conversation. So, um, and there's, you you show them the differences between human emotion and um, machine emotion. Because machines don't have emotion. And they can't recognize emotions in humans yet. So, so the big question has always been, are child, is it okay that our... I mean, I know that the tech has responded to this problem. Mm-hmm. Is it okay that children are rude and bossy to, their, to, to these devices? And the answer is, I think, we don't want them to be because we don't want that to be part of their social repertoire. Right, absolutely. So even though they don't have feelings, we have to be respectful about how we ask a question. Right, well, because you're trying to teach and mirror that process of human interaction. So a lot of it is teaching basic social-emotional skills for kids. Um, I I would say that, you know... in trying to explain AI to early childhood, what's what's really important is um, having them know that these AI agents, as we call them, they exist in our lives and they're going to continue to change how we operate. And they'll continue to pop up all over the place. So. Things like that, where they started with things like the Roomba and the Amazon Alexa and your thermostat and your refrigerator that can predict when you're out of milk um, will soon be things maybe even like you could have a virtual assistant babysitter and like, do you need a real babysitter there? Mm-hmm. Um, these are kinds of conversations that'll come up in families in the next, I would say, five to ten years. So earlier you had said that the algorithms are designed so that they start to modify themselves based on your child's interests and interactions, and they're actually collecting data on your child. And so a lot of the children's protective um, advocacy groups are saying, whoa, watch out for these connectivity toys that are asking for where your child lives and what they know and uh, I mean, what they, what they, uh, just what they like. How will we, how do, you, how do parents manage 
devices that are adapting to information from specific children and a specific home. So I think that this is going to become unavoidable. Um, Everything in our world is going to be collecting data. So these are conversations that are good to have now. Um, There's already ways that we can turn certain things off, but you know, having conversations about family privacy and what information we want to keep reserved is really important. And this is all part of what we call digital citizenship. When we have these conversations with students about how we want to protect our information, what we share, what we don't share, kind of like that stranger danger conversation that you would have with kids about, you know, when you come in contact with someone you don't know on the street, same thing online. But when a parent's giving their child a doll mm-hmm. or, uh, or a place where a child is certainly not capable, do you feel like these, these, these early connectivity toys are innocent and it's just the, the alarm of, oh my, are parents aware that, that these toys are con- collecting inf- information? I think it's the parent's responsibility to be aware if they're coming collecting information. There's certainly tools out there that want generic information for their own, you know, research purposes and marketing purposes to be able to know who their target audience is. Mm -hmm. But if they're looking for specific personal information, I think that that job is on. What about birthdays? Is that something so there's also for lots a two- of, or three-year-olds, you know? it's. I think maybe it's also like COPA laws and mm-hmm, um, internet mm-hmm. safety. Which is where, all just being developed. Right. right. So they're going to want to know those things to make sure that their users are approved for these okay. tools. Okay. Um, okay, and so when we had that Facebook post and, and, and the Echo device came up for yeah. kids, what was your reaction? So I think it's great. Um, I... I personally am trying to advocate for one in my classroom. I would love to have one, but we have the same conversation about privacy issues come up. Um, there are, in, in general, the Amazon Alexa is an excellent way to teach kids about artificial intelligence because there's what they call skills that you can add on to Amazon Alexa. So if you go on your Amazon account and you search Alexa skills, there's a whole bunch of them, but my favorite one is question of the day. So you can give, Alexa gives you a question of the day and it tries to learn your responses to what the question may be. And then, so it helps Alexa, and it helps the child. Right. And so it's used in a lot of classrooms who are teaching about AI. It's a fun um, way to engage the kids. There's also like kind of silly ones that you could do, like dance parties, and um, there's weather ones. There's ones that can help you... Um, Look, look for your phone. That's another really popular one mm-hmm. because people misplace their phones in their homes all the time. So you say, Alexa, look for my, find my phone and it will right. ding your phone. Um, and as people are adding more smart devices, Alexa is um, able to be programmed with their devices. Okay. So my next question is, as children are talking to these devices, are they helping them first with articulation of language because the two-year-olds aren't being understood? And there's another a great example of children being enormously frustrated. She doesn't understand me. And it's like, nope, she doesn't. Um, but we have to, you know, we'll help her. We'll help you co- communicate well so Alexa can understand you. And then what about, I have a mom who says that Alexa's conversations with her son helped him 
learn to be a better question asker. So what are the ways that Alexa or any of these devices might be helping children um, in, in very basic skills and preparing? So to answer the first part about whether or not Alexa, like frustration and things like that with Alexa and children who are still learning to speak or might have trouble speaking, I would be hesitant to use it as a replacement for real conversation because it is a machine and we want to encourage real human interaction. So there's a fine line in tech versus human interaction, Mm -hmm. just like with anything else. Um, And then, you know, I think that there is a really nice opportunity to use Alexa for um, how to come up with different types of questions that will give you different responses. So if you ask, like I did in the example with the students about Halloween, maybe talking about pointing out tone in your voice and how that gives you a different type of response or changing one or two words, um, all of those things will help the child become more aware about how they might gain a different perspective on something. So it's almost, so I'm imagining that parents could have these playful interactions in their home with Alexa as if they're getting to know a new friend. Mm-hmm. Like, who is she? What is she? What can she do? How do, you know, there's this whole reveal that maybe we just take for granted. She can do anything and everything. Right. But there's a lot of nuance to it, which then helps kids appreciate um, how to read different situations and how to ask things differently. Right. <gasps> Okay, and so this mother who was talking about her child's question-asking ability, that was more information gathering and scope of access, I think, because it was like, oh, I can go deeper and deeper and deeper into an investigation. So between asking deeper questions, but also the connectivity that I know is happening in classrooms where you guys can, you know, FaceTime Antarctica or you can actually be watching, you know, penguins doing this here or this happening in a zoo or this science, you know, the access of smart devices, Mm -hmm. if you know how to connect around the world, is going to open all kinds of new opportunities for this for this generation. It absolutely will. And I also think that, um, you know, just having the students interact with the tools then lends itself to us having the conversation. You know, my son was sitting at dinner the other night and having a conversation with Siri back and forth, and I'm thinking in my head, okay, I'm going to remember this for when I introduce artificial intelligence in second grade and replay, have him replay this conversation with his class, because this can get us to talking about, you know, what is a virtual assistant and what's going on um, in terms of the actual computer science and technology skills behind it Mm -hmm. because this is what's relatable for them they understand the communication back and forth but then what are the actual skills that go along behind it where do you think that shift happens i mean do kindergartners have that same awareness do you think they might not have the same awareness, but we find ways to make it relevant for them. Um, there's actually one of my favorite book series for computer science. It's called Hello Ruby um, by Linda Lucas, and I'm, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name. She's a Finnish author, and she's got three books in her series 
They're phenomenal. Um, her fourth book is coming out, and it's all about artificial intelligence, and it's Ruby going on different ev- adventures, cool. um, w- and they have lots of unplugged activities that go with it. And, and so, this is elementary age? It's elementary age, and I know that it's used um, K th- through any grade. Um, so I'm really excited for her artificial intelligence book to come out because I think that that will help explain some of these um some of these practices for our younger learners. Very exciting. And so, and then the one other topic that we haven't touched on in either of the podcasts that we talked a little bit before the mic was on was that augmented reality, Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden we can create virtual realities, spaces in, in rooms. What's that all about? (laughs) So, um, I want to clarify some terms. So virtual reality is when you are taken inside the experience. So generally you see like wearing the goggles and you're taken inside and you can create with that too. Um, and then there's augmented reality, which is when your physical space stays the same, but something is shifted there. And, um, I'd say augmented reality and virtual reality are just as hot as artificial intelligence in terms of the speed at which they're trying to have tools available for students to create with. Um, The idea is to be able to give kids an experience similar to like, you know, Magic Leap, which is very big with the the goggles and the the AR, that's the shortened term for augmented reality, um, where they're able to snap an image and then see it come to life around them. Um, Lots of different um, developers are out there doing things that allow kids to have access to this. One of my favorite ones, um, you could go to Walmart actually, it's called the Merge Cube, and it's a foam cube that has a funky design on all sides, and there's some apps that come with the merge cube that allow you to like hold your phone over the cube and like a dinosaur will pop out of it or it kind of looks like Minecraft on it but with merge cube there's a creation side one called co-spaces where you can create an augmented reality or virtual reality 3d images (laughs) the world is changing okay so um any final comments summaries and then uh, or just go right to the wrap up on how have you got this confidently going forward in a new world of artificial intelligence in our homes our schools our do, do I even call it social interaction I mean you have to call well, it social ha- interaction this this AI is here, and it's only going to continue to develop, and I would say that the time is now to have these conversations as a family and think about how it fits your family values and needs because it's definitely impacting our society and we have to you know embrace it and be ready for it uh, i'm not saying that everyone should go and have you know alexa and smart devices all in your home or homes. an ai babysitter yeah, yeah, yeah or an ai babysitter <laughs> at all but you know it's almost 2020 and 
it's a crazy thought that self-driving cars and things like the Jetsons is our is our reality. reality. So we have to be able to adapt to what our reality is. Well, I can't wait to have a follow-up conversation before 2021 (laughs) and find out um, what new and exciting things are happening. Thank you, Alexis. You're welcome. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.